0: You're listening to Collective Practice, a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs who dare to dream, create, and grow your business. I'm Lauren Spaulding, marriage and family therapist and business consultant. I'm on a mission to create abundant success for those in the helping profession who strive to tear down barriers around mental wellness and create healing opportunities for all. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. Let's jump right in.
1: Hello, you bright and likable koala bear. Welcome back to the Collective Practice Podcast. I'm Lauren Spaulding, and this is a podcast for mental health entrepreneurs, where we talk business, we talk clinical skills, we talk our own mental health. And today, we are talking about the stigma of mental health. So back when this pandemic first started, there was a statement that someone said, who is a mental health professional? And it really stuck with me, not in a good way. And this person said, we need to be mindful about our own practices and how we are approaching our businesses. because." People will cut us before they cut cable. Yeah, I felt like hearing that activated like a big defense in me because I hold what we do as therapists in a very sacred light. We are so much more to people than just a person that they meet with weekly to vent about life. And I believe it to be true that people are valuing their mental health more and more every day. The fact of the matter is mental health in American culture has had a stigma for decades. There are other cultures that view mental health differently, that treat mental health practices in a very different way than we do, which is historically that... Seeing a therapist, seeing a psychiatrist or anyone in the mental health field is shameful or bad or wrong. But today, mental health is more and more embraced and mental health practices are more embraced through social media, through therapists paving the way for other ways that people can access mental health services, mental health tools, and they're creating opportunities for people to see the benefits of therapy, of self-care, of investing in yourself, in your mind, body, and spirit. It's important and it should be seen as an important part of people's lives. Now, I am not shy in talking about business planning and building a sustainable business, but beyond sustainability, financial freedom, and creating a robust business, I feel that a big part of destigmatizing mental health is breaking that wall that paywall essentially that we have for people to gain access to our skills as a therapist. So what I mean by that is that for someone to decide to invest in their mental health, they have to call tons and tons of therapists (laughs) before they get even a few to answer, which I think is just bizarre. Why are therapists not calling people back? And then they have to find the right fit, they have to make sure the person's in their location so that they can drive to their office, they have to make sure that the therapist's availability works with their schedule, and they have to make sure that they can afford that therapist's rate, or that therapist takes their insurance if they do have insurance, which not everyone does today, and they have to make sure that this is a commitment they can make for know, a good bit of time. It might not be super long-term, but even just investing in four to six months of therapy is a commitment. That's a lot of barriers between me and my ideal client. (laughs) I could have an ideal client who is such a good fit for my style of therapy, for the populations I serve, but they can't afford my rate and I don't have any more sliding scale spots. I could have an ideal client who would really work well with me and finds that I would probably be the best fit for them to work towards their goals, but their work schedule doesn't work with my availability. And the sad thing is for some people who are seeking help, who are seeking support, having that moment of no for them can close the door to seeking mental health services. So I want you to consider joining this movement of destigmatizing mental health more and more by creating different opportunities for people to access you. So I want to talk about the different ways that you can create access to your skills and your tools that isn't going to compromise your one-on-one services. So when you think about creating multiple services, I want you to think about it as a three-tier system. First thing that you could consider is what free content are you creating? If someone is on the fence about addressing their mental health or has a barrier or two in place where they can't access your one-on-one services, how could they still benefit from your knowledge? So do you have a blog? Do you have a podcast? Do you have a YouTube channel? Do you have social media accounts? You don't need to do all of these things and you don't have to spend all of your time creating free content, but are you making sure that your ideal client at any scale of pay or financial struggle or gain can access you? Tier one is free access to your skills. Now, this does not in any way equate to your one-on-one services because we know that there is a relational experiential component to lasting change, but that doesn't mean that people have to be limited to the psychoeducation you could offer, to ways that you can take what you do and teach skills or tools that someone can practice to start addressing their own mental health at home. Tier two is going to be your affordable options. So this is going to be not fully free, but it's also not going to be that higher rate of one-on-one services. So tier two could be workshops, webinars, it could be retreats or intensives, it could be group therapy, um, it could be online classes or courses that the that are pre recorded for purchase. And then tier three is your high ticket item, and that's going to be your one on one services. So, tier three is going to be your one on one therapy, your family or couples therapy. It's going to be any consultation services that you do, and this is going to be the highest priced item. Different price points are going to give someone a different experience as they invest more into their mental health. They're also going to likely gain more from you. But it doesn't mean that all of the people who are visiting your site and can't do your one-on-one services for one of many reasons should just not have services at all. There still should be opportunities for people to address their mental health goals. And by therapists creating those opportunities and creating more than just one-on-one psychotherapy services, we are making mental health a more normalized thing. We are creating an environment of inclusivity for anyone at any phase of life being able to care for themselves, to address these goals that they have for themselves or these issues that they want to work on. I think this is a really, really important shift in our profession and I do see other therapists who have found success in doing this and I think it should be more normalized for therapists to have different avenues of their business rather than one sole focus. I think by embracing this destigmatization of mental health and the way that we are decolonizing mental health, the way that we are deconstructing what mental health is, we need to embrace this new modern way of approaching health and wellness. And if we compare it to the medical field, that is kind of happening there, too. When you think of companies like GoodRx, who are breaking down the pay barrier to prescriptions. Um, Companies like 1-800-CONTACTS, Warby Parker, who are breaking down the barriers to good vision. Uh, There are now companies coming out with more affordable hearing aids. There are companies that offer affordable, cheaper options for telemedicine. There are practices that go around in a, you know, refurbished truck to offer medicine to rural areas. I mean, there's so many ways that health and wellness is kind of being flipped on its head. And that's significant. That's important because as a therapist, as someone who chose a field in You know, social services and humanitarianism and in helping others, it's very likely that you are very driven by service. You want to serve people, you want to help people, and that's a lot of what's driving you in your private practice. So, I want you to think about ways that that might be limited and ways that we are. unintentionally contributing to the stigmatization of mental health services by not addressing the barriers that have been in the way for people in the past. All right, so I'm going to leave you with that. I think it's a lot to chew on and I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours because I'm very passionate about this. I'm very passionate about the idea of Multi-stream businesses creating opportunities both for the clinician and the client. I just think it's a really great business model that we need to embrace more. So, if you feel inspired to, and if this is something you want to consider for your business, reach out to me. Message me on Instagram or Facebook, or you can email me at Lauren at And I really encourage you to check out my free masterclass, which you can get at my website, laurencefalding.co where I start unpacking those first few steps you need to take to create a sustainable multi-income stream business. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. I will see you next week. Bye.
0: As we wind down from this episode, take a moment to reflect on your key takeaways. How can you care for your business and yourself this week? Don't forget, you are awesome and worthy of a hugely successful career. I hope to help you and support you along the way. I'll see you in the Collective Practice Facebook group and in the Masterclass. Visit laurenspaulding.co for more details. Talk to you soon, friend.